in three, two, and one. Coming at you, for you, and with you, the morning after the Stars' offensive awakening. Down three zip, they jolt from their catatonic state and stab the wild repeatedly six times in 21 minutes. I'm now referring to Alexander Radulov by a new sobriquet, if you will. From here forward, he will be known as Xlax because he makes crap happen and almost single-handedly unbunged the Stars' constipated offense. Totes Hello, you, pod friends. Gonna, you're going to bleep all that out? <laughs> Daryl Ray, the razor boy here, along with uh, premature puck scribe Mike Heike, and image taker, image maker, millennial vision influencer Jeff Totes, and thrilled once again to be joined by the one and only Tom Holy, who's popped in for Tom Holy's Trick or Treat 2019. Coming at ya. So what a night, huh, gang? Uh, what a night last night was. We're all a little blurry-eyed, delirious from that. So we'll start with you, Mike Heike. What's your big takeaway or deduction from what we witnessed? I will call it a hope. I hope they learned from that little run of uh, goal scoring uh, that they have to be aggressive. Uh, I think they pushed themselves to a place where they had no other choice. And, you know, they went out and... and Are you saying their backs were against the wall? Just a little bit. Okay. Uh, But I really do believe... If they want to be good, and I understand that you know they they played a very smart game last year, uh, but they have to be more aggressive. They have enough skill to be aggressive. They have the ability to attack the net on a regular basis. And I mean, I I think you're right on Radulov. What he did was he basically we always talk about willing them to to you know compete in the game. He just went out there and he was crazy. We're trying to have an adult conversation <laughs> in the room here. And you two children are acting like grade schoolers because of an image that was on someone's phone. Do you need would to you, leave the room, would, Totes? Would you like to share with the class? We're good. Oh, my God. Sorry. I dressed up as Totes for Halloween. Is that what it is? Yes. Okay, can we park that until we get to Halloween talk? <laughs> I'll check in, man. Mike Heike was making a very salient point. I don't know how salient. Huh? Yes. I I agree. You know what? We're going to go around. I don't want a lot of time out of you two gigglers. The, th- that felt equal parts, absolute desperation. There's always a difference between urgency and desperation. Urgency is usually the better one of the two. Desperation is usually when you're just flailing and throwing anything you can. When they drop behind 3 nothing, and we're not playing well, I, I think the realization of this thing going in one direction or the other slammed them right in the forehead. And, and then finally, they it, it, that one shift, one shift, and it was 90% Alexander Radulov. Right. I, I said on the broadcast, made a wonderful point, that it was actually the shift before that. Jamie Alexiak was a big part of it. 
where they they just it's like guys go go the light is green yeah now do you have to get clobbered in the head before you can actually go they, they were they were just frozen again stunned by maybe the first shot going in like that yeah. but anyway uh tom quick thought from you on this you just made me think of frozen and let it go yeah i figured that yeah uh totsy i thought the halloween themed game added to the madness and it was really fun tons of fans in costumes great night at the ac best costume you saw what a couple of adolescents again <laughs> park like hockey hallows eve stuff to hockey later in the and, podcast and games and and like maybe turning point oh, of the season God, turning dude, point want, in the franchise's history i want silence out of you guys for a little while here okay the, the homestand we look back on this now and in a lot of ways it's like a three dressed up as a nine yeah the they go three and one but that's the view from far up close there there are some cosmetic issues that we witnessed pockmarks if you will imperfections and blemishes uh that i don't think just one dandy period uh can cover up it's much needed the big tent meeting and it took a while but it looks like maybe it did resonate and pay off they workshop some solutions you know, it took 13 games for him to get there uh, for that. And I don't know, maybe last night was was a perfect reminder again that, that Dallas, Texas as a hockey market has come a long way. Yeah. And I'm infinitely impressed with our fans nowadays, and I have been for quite a while. Uh, they let the team have it. And they've they've done it on occasion. It's not like they they just toss that out there every time they feel like there was a bad period. Man, you, you have to really s u c k in order for them to start bellowing. Yeah. And they did. They boot them off the ice after the first period, basically saying it's unacceptable. They demand more. They expect more from this group. And then when the thing turns, they shower them with praise. Uh, and appreciation and encouragement, and it it uh, it seems to echo and and resonates and drives them a little bit. That's why American Airlines Center is a home building is a tough place for visitors to win, and yeah. always has been. Because once they get that eighteen wheeler rolling, they just smoke everything in their path. Problem this year and at times last year was they just couldn't get rolling. Yeah, and this whole homestand I think is a great display or a great entree into the subject of mental strength uh you know they go in and they're really trying to fix certain things so they want a good start so they go into that pittsburgh game and they want a good start and they get a great start but it's zero to zero because they're playing that cautious hockey so they get a zero zero game in the third period with Sidney crosby in the locker room and they fall apart they unravel they're just you're like what is going on here and so then they go have their big meeting after that and then they come back and they give up a goal on the first shot on the game. So it's just after time after time after time, you're like, is this team mentally strong? And maybe they needed to get pushed to the wall to, to have their mental toughness challenged by the crowd. And, and, you know, they went into the locker room, I think, and said, we got to be better than this. And again, it might be a turning point or they may turn around and lose 8 nothing in Colorado. Well, so, aren't you, Mr. Well, Killjoy. You know, I'm here. I'm right here for you. We're still celebrating last night's rally. All right, let's celebrate. Are that. we not? Yeah. Totsie? Yes. Uh, once they pried their heads out of their 
brown balloon knots. They got going. And that that essentially is is what I've been clamoring for a little bit offensively. We're going to talk about offense next. The the fact that they they seemed uncomfortable with the puck at times. They would lose a million one-on-one battles for whatever reason because they're they're a harder team than that remember back in training camp the mantra coming out of camp was we want to be a hard team to play against well they were a hard team to watch in in some pockets of the first month of the season but they they get on that game and they stop being so perimeter like you get bounces when you drive the other team to their net front right if you just spread out and look for a pretty pass and open up and i'm gonna wire a puck from 45 feet you don't get bounces pucks just go wider than that and the way they go out of the zone so the two to me always go hand in hand and this is an ugly league of offense it is not a gorgeous 80s curl back button hook hit the late guy boom bing bang five passes to set up a goal this is just random ricochet uh, dig for a rebound chunk at home Offense for the most part. Every yeah. now and then, then there's some beautiful, but soccer's a beautiful game. I wish hockey was more of the beautiful game. When it gets three on three at times, it is what I, some of us believe the sport should be about. But when there are 10 guys on the ice and they're all racing around and chipping pucks and trying to follow the X's and O's that have been drawn on a dry erase board, it's tough to score. Yeah, and I think we've had this discussion before. There is chaos in the game, and the teams that know how to live in chaos, they get the bounces a lot of times mm. because they're used to it. They they understand that if you go hard, go hard, go hard, go hard, sometimes the puck's going to end up on your stick, and then you, then you can make some beautiful plays out of that. Uh, and we've seen that, I think, with this team in the playoffs last year where you know they drove, they drove, they drove plays against Nashville, you know, for example, where you know basically they were just created out of effort, but then once the effort puts a puck on Jamie Benn's stick or Alexander Radulov's stick, those are the guys who take advantage of it. So you need both. You need the the skill and the beauty, but I think you also then have to mix that with the, just the grit. And that's what they showed you know, in the third period last mm. night. Have you two adolescents settled down enough to make any kind of a point without giggling? I found it interesting that after the game when they were approached with the subject, specifically Alexander Radulov, and how the fans reacted and how he noted it and he appreciated actually what they did. I thought it was a pretty cool reflective period for them. And I'm, does that happen? You, you've been on the ice razor. Does that happen where you react? Many times in past, the players would bristle at that and take a different approach that you know we're trying the other team gets paid too and we're trying as hard as we can and that kind of thing uh at the same like phil esposito back in 72 in vancouver you know they got booed off the ice team canada against the russians and he had a very emotional speech after that one and a different time i think nowadays i i i agree with you tom i think having big ears on today's player when they're so tunnel visioned in their own little worlds and they get isolated from most of the stuff that goes on around them it w- was pretty impressive and maybe it says something about the fans that they were p- 
fairly loud yeah. in their disapproval of that one. And uh, and then they got a response out of it. You know, if they continued on and then booed them off the ice at the end of the game after a 5 nothing loss to the Minnesota Wild on home ice, the takes might have been a little bit different. But uh, I, I agree. Every now and then, Alexander Radulov surprises you with his candor. And, uh, and he, you know, he, he plays that way when, when he plays that way. Why was it absent for 13 games? Well, and that's the biggest question. It's like, you know, when you see Jamie Benn in beast mode, you're like, well, why isn't he always in beast mode? Yeah. I guess it's hard to do. Um, but, I mean. Toach does it day in and well, day out. That never know, vacillates. He's, he's a young, spry That's true. He individual. is still young. <laughs> Uh, no, but I, I agree with you. I mean, it, the consistency is the big thing. And, you know, they are playing against teams that are trying to beat them and everything like that. But you just wish you could see more consistent intensity. Oh, this has been a robust discussion this morning, has it not? Huh? I like this hump day tapings or recordings of Rinky Dinking podcast that is sweeping the nation. Okay, the law of EUC. Even up calls. Do you think even up calls exist in sports? Yes. In the National Hockey League? Yes. They will argue up and down at the league office that that is not the case. Uh, the numbers, and again, this is all anecdotal because I don't have them in front of me, but... I do! I know you would. You always have come prepared. But basically, the teams that uh, get 50 power play opportunities give up 49. And the teams that get 23 power plays give up 22 or 24 or whatever. It's, it well, let's see if up. that's actually true or not, Mike. Okay. Uh, the team with the most power play opportunities last season was the Washington Capitals. Or this season, pardon me, the Washington Capitals. The team that has been shorthanded the most this season is the Washington Capitals. Hmm. So you say, okay, maybe this is an aberration. This is something that has just popped its little mug out. Well, last year, the team with the most power play opportunities was the Tampa Bay Lightning. Do you know who the team was shorthanded the most last year? Anaheim Ducks? No, it was the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, what a surprise. Yeah, it was the Tampa Bay Lightning. So uh, how does this apply to our Dallas Stars? Well, they were a bit of an outlier last season for some reason, but it was close. Uh, They were on the power play 214 times. They were shorthanded 238 times. Um, Getting on the power play was an issue. I think we covered that in the first section, yeah. though. You you get power play opportunities when you go interior, Tom. Don't you look at me with that beard like that. That's how it happens. This season with the Stars, on the power play 40 times, shorthanded 45 times. Discuss. I, I think it's the nature of officials. One, they think they have to make it even uh, because... Really? I do think that. I think that they don't want to be the difference in the game. I think that they they tend to make calls. Like do you think it's, it's the two-ref system that feeds that? 
Possibly, yeah. Jealousy? You, you could have got you the Paul. called one. I'm going to call, call one, one now. No. You could have got the Paul Stewart who would have laughed at somebody by giving out eight and, and then none to the other team and thought it was funny. But no, when you watch these games, it generally balances out. And Do, do you think it balances out to your eyes? Yes. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think they want to be fair. I think they don't want coaches screaming, they got six power plays, we don't have any. And you're just like, well, they, they earned six power plays. You know, I, I think you feel uh, like that's a normal voice for an NHL referee. In that was a coach. That was a coach screaming. That oh, the, was the, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. He has one screaming voice and it is always that. And it sounds like no one. It's worse than my Hudobin accent. I don't know if I go that far, but <laughs> uh, so is it a bad thing? I don't know. I think you just it, it's just a thing. I, think I, I don't think it's a bad it. thing because of this. I, if this was the case 20 years ago. When you had the haves and the have-nots, right. then you'd be like, well, you're handicapping great teams against inferior uh, competition on the other side. But nowadays, with the amount of parity that's in the league, I mean, most of these teams are so similarly built that how could you go into a game and watch these games and think, well, that side was just filthy delinquent and that side just a bunch of angels when you watch it. it they don't call everything. I'm glad they don't. Uh, because it would, I don't want to watch the game played at this end and then played at that end and then play. I want it to go up and down. So, the more interesting thing here is I want to take people in the inner sanctum of Razor's brain. What started you thinking of this? Where did that come from? I've never heard you talk about this ever. And then all of a sudden, you just lay it down here on Rinky Dinking with a well thought out thesis and support. Well, I'm trying to filled an hour 40 48 minutes and this was gonna eat up probably eight to ten of it that was the direction i was going it's deeper with than, it. it's deeper than that tom you're on to something you know he's been sitting there stewing over this issue for some time no and i want to know when that happened i don't think i think it's organic i think he cares about the game i think he's very observant i think he sees a lot of things one of my favorite razor moments is oh God, what is this? Now? Razor measuring the glass because mm. he thinks about things like that. He watches, he observes, and he says, you know what? That could be better. That, if, you know, if they just put a little thought into this, we could make this better. And I do think he sa- thinks that way about a lot of things. It's true. I do know a lot of stuff. <laughs> and I Your do, brain works all the time. I do think bravely. Who's the farthest press box uh, position where you have to call games in the league? Uh, I, you know what? I took a laser pointer and did that a couple years ago. I believe it, I believe it was New Jersey. I believe it's New Jersey. I measured with a golf laser pointer to center ice and to each net. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> no, it's you. I did. I, th- it was there. And then I think Washington might've been the second Tampa's up there too. Terrible. It should be uniform. They screw us over Br- broadcast just gets the short end of how many people are in the, the building time. there daryl what's that how many people are in the building a, a, a lot, any, a lot. They, they managed to give us the worst seat in most buildings so then coaches players officials fans concession workers yet you seem to be worried about the broadcasters but what's the most important thing we covered that last week in rinky dinky did we not totesy's totesy's on board with on this head. all right um let's have some some fun shall we halloween week this is when we, yeah, rub our 
mitts together and let Tom Holy have the floor. It's Tom Holy's Trick or Treat 2019. Trick or Treat. Let's get into this. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a statement to you two, Heike and Razor. Totes, you're not in. I am dressed as Totes, though, as my Halloween costume. Let's talk about uh, that for a second. Yes, Very go ahead. Though. So you're you're not uh, a millennial, are you? I miss it by a year, I believe. But you're you're yeah. trying hard to be one today, and you're covering most of the bases. Totes, give us a rundown. I think Tom looks really good. Like he looks better. He looks very fancy okay, today. It's, fine. it's lovely. Describe what you're seeing. Um, okay, just the standard stars quarter zip, uh, Adidas and gray jeans. A little what kind of gray jeans. Well, they're fitted, but they're a bit loose, uh, looser around the ankles than I would wear. I don't know what that means, Tom, but I think that's a slight. I believe that's a slight, Tom. Uh, skinny jeans. Uh, skinny and- jeans on a husky guy. C- can we go with that? I wasn't going to say that. Well, I did. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's some lovely, <laughs> lovely white shoes. White, you guys always wear the white sneakers. You're I'm not a, today, but... Not today because it's rainy. But, Mud. Oh, oh, really? It's yeah. a weather thing? Yeah, weather. Okay. And then the facial hair? Yeah. Tom. Tom's rocking the beard right now. Rocking it well. Okay. We actually go to the same barber. Fun fact. I don't think anybody that listens to this cares about that. Uh, back to Halloween. <laughs> I'm volunteering today at the school that got hit by the tornado, thus the dress down, but totes likes it. So. Yeah, once again, people don't care. Here we go. Let's go trick or treat. Mike, Razor, I'm going to say a statement. You're going to tell me if it is a trick and that it's false or that it's a treat. And then, yeah, I accept that premise. And then you're going to support why. So let's go. Trick or treat. Morning skates are beneficial for the players. Mike. <laughs> I think that's a treat. I know Razor will disagree, but uh, I do believe that uh, a lot of players get into routines and uh, are better because they come out for morning skates. It's a trick. You know that. The Mike Sullivan comment on it is the greatest quote I've ever heard about why we have morning skates. Did you hear that one? I read it on a retweet. A subtweet from Daryl Razor Ray. So awesome! It went back to his grandmother and his mother cooking hams, and his uh, mother would always slice the side of the ham off, and he never really understood that. And the answer was, "Well, that's how my mother cooked the ham." So he went to the source, his grandmother, to ask, "Why did you always slice the outside of the ham?" Is there a reason for that, that the juices come through better or what have you? And the answer was because it wouldn't fit in the pan, so I cut it off. So it was passed down because it had always been done that way. And the reason we have morning skates is because it's passed down that we've always had morning skates. Nobody thinks about getting a larger pan. Are there benefits that are unforeseen? Getting people up early, getting no. them to the rink when no. they're making people, preparing in a calm at, environment. Last statement on this. Making people come to the rink twice a day in an 82-game season makes your 82-game your season twice as long. Hmm. Next question. That is math from Razor. Trick or treat. In-game goalie changes are a good way to send a message to your team. Razor. <sighs> God. I mean, it, it is a treat. It, it's tricky, <laughs> but it's a treat that it can work 
it's the easy, you know, you can't fire all the players, so you fire a coach. You can't pull all the players or bench all the players, but you can't bench the one guy. And that's why they do it for effect. Last night was not about effect. Last night was because Ben Bishop wasn't having a good game, and they, they needed to change it up. He hadn't had very many not very good games against them Minnesota Wild. Set records against them last year. But they, they, they were leaking through in the first period. Maybe a little bit of both, but it was almost mostly 100% about just different goalie. I, uh, you stole my line on that one. Is oh. you you so. can't fire all the players, so you fire the coach. I mean, it, it really is the same concept. Is that we're going to send a message to everybody? You know, we're not going to bench one guy. We're going to bench the entire team basically by saying, "Look what you did." And I do think that's a wake up call. Trick or treat. Lacrosse style goals are going to become more frequent in the NHL. Michael. Uh, I'm going to call that a trick because generally when uh, players come up with something new, uh, the defense usually finds a way to stop it. And so it takes a while to score a lacrosse-style goal, and I think you can see it setting up, and I think you're going to see defenders either bowling the guy over, hitting their stick, doing something. Because uh, as soon as you see – that's a hard goal to score. And so I think a defender is going to be able to see a guy setting up, and he's not going to allow it. Treat is coming. And I applaud it. I want I want sexy, exotic offense. Well, you see the in-between-the-leg goals coming more and more. Yeah. Pasternak just had one. Malala I had see one the future, us. Tom. I am a soothsayer. I'm Razor Domus. This is going to become more frequent. Next. Trick or treat? First, the little setup. John Carlson's on pace for 134.7 oh, points. The defensive leaders in points... All time in a single season, Bobby Orr, 139 points. Paul Coffey, 138. Bobby Orr, 135. He's just on pace to be behind Orr's second best season. Oh my God, for fourth over now. He'll exceed his current pace and have the most points a by a defenseman in a season. Trick or treat, Razor. He will have the best defense. I don't defensive. even remember what the first part of it was. John Carlson will set the record for... Points by a defenseman in a single season. What is the record? It's 139. He's on pace for 134.7. Uh, no, he won't. Uh, what was that? A treat? That's if that, I know. That would be trick. a trick. Trick. Yeah, I'm, I'm with trick on that one. That's just too much. Yeah. Next. You, you just can't. You can't do that over 82 <laughs> Give you one games. More. Make it your best. Reese's peanut butter cups in any form. It could be pumpkin shaped. Mm. It could be with Reese's Are pieces. You going with best candy. Is the ultimate Halloween candy. Totes, you may trick want to or weigh treat. In on this one. Uh, I'll go with treat, and and I'll uh, have a little side story with you. Uh, I sometimes stop at the uh, concession uh, machine there uh, as uh, I'm coming out of the morning skate, and you know maybe get a candy bar or something. And Tom Holy said you should really try those Reese's big chunky Reese's with Reese's pieces inside. What are Reese's? That's you know like the monkey. It's Reese's. Reese is a person. Reese's. He's our goalie coach, Reese. Reese's. That's what we say in Michigan. Uh, we jump in the crick so and the eat actual our Reese's. Cup, the cup. The, the thick cup with, with the, the pieces in, with the pieces inside. Yeah. Reese's. Reese's pieces inside. And Tom. I want uh, you to Tom tip me again up. what it is that you get out of the vending machine. <laughs> Reese's pieces. Okay. Uh, it, it's trick, I believe. I, I don't. It, 
that's too much peanut butter involved in that. I, I like a mitt full of of uh, candy covered chocolate with a little a hint of caramel and peanut butter in it. That's me though. When I go trick or treating, that's what I'm looking for. Which bar of candy is the oh, I, best in that that demand, falls under that i demand it to be home cooked go no, ahead it's Totsie. absolutely a treat the most delightful of the halloween treats it's even colored on theme with All the right. season uh ultimate trick candy though smarties the worst no no whoa 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 whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, not not canadian Amer- smart canadian are you yeah, talking I american clarify. smarties american smarties not canadian smarties. canadian smarties that's right are basically what i was talking about Candy coated chocolate, and you—they you, don't melt in your hand. You don't get colored mitts out of it, and they're just absolutely delicious. A lot of mitt talk from Razor. Uh, going to Hika. This is the last trick or treat. Hika is oh. a household that gives out pennies. That's all I'm saying. Hika gives out pennies. Statement. It's more a statement. Uh, we got a couple more things we'd like to get to here. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna have time. People have left probably after that, but uh, very quickly, very quickly. Let's go back to hockey, and then we'll switch back uh, to a uh, former player, and then we'll finish on a little Halloween. Okay. We'll try to do that all in six and a half minutes. How's that? Uh, if you could have one player from each team in the Central Division, who or whom would that one player be? Do you want to go back and forth on this? Start with Colorado. Uh, McKinnon. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. I would pick Miko Rantanen. Interesting. I was going to go with Makar. He's my second. Well, we already have him. No. It's, Mir- it's pronounced Miro Haskinen. <laughs> Paul Molov dipped mitts on Miko Rantanen. Mitts is the key word of the day. Nashville, I don't like really anybody <laughs> out of the Predators. I would take. I would take Pecorine. I would take Roman Josie. I would take Pecorine because we are Carpat Olu brothers. Yes. And, and I you're just both old, too. I, we're older. <laughs> he's tall. He's an yeah. inch taller than me, 6'5". I enjoy talking to him. It's a good backstory, overcoming the, the stuff that he's had to overcome. Uh, St. Louis. That was a tough one. No, uh, give me Petrangelo. <clears throat> It's Ryan O'Reilly. I liked Ryan. I was, it was a Ryan tough. O'Reilly is the Leatherman tool of National Hockey League forwards. He's so fastidious. He's a wonderful two. He's the best two-way forward in the game right now. Can you pronounce his name, Mike? Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> this is our worst podcast ever. <laughs> Winnipeg. Shifley. Shifley. Shif- I love Shifley. I just think he's fantastic. I think he's your Ryan O'Reilly in Canada. It's what? In that it's, pa- it's Patrick Laine. No. Yes, it is. So inconsistent. So mercurial. Doesn't matter. He is a tall, neck bearded Brett Hall. <laughs> Worst beard in the history of sports. It's perfect. <laughs> It, it, he that's who you take from Winnipeg the Jets Shifley is, is Patrick Lyon Shif- and you know the funny thing about he's like your type of player he's so Canadian so good so two way so clutch so Canadian what he does just, that mean he just he plays he watches a lot of hockey you're he, right uh, <laughs> Razor's been picking more fins here Chicago yeah, well I'm Scandinavian Canadian 
Chicago. This was a tough one for me. No, it was not. It really was. Man, you struggle with all this. I stuff. did because I don't really like many people on Chicago. Uh, I'd go with Patrick Kane because yeah. he he because he's Patrick Kane. Well, he delivers at the most intense times in a game. It's scintillation with the puck. He's getting a little older. It doesn't matter. He's Patrick Kane. That's true. Pat Kane. Finish up with Minnesota. This was difficult. <laughs> I did have trouble with this one. Um, I'm going to go with Spurgeon. So am I. He's a, just a gritty... Pocket Hercules! He's a, Pocket Hercules! <laughs> he's, Pocket Hercules! He's, he's a gritty little... Yeah, he is. Yeah, yep. He is. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, got an interesting invite that I'm going to take up tonight. The Belfour bourbon Ooh. is being rolled out this evening. You guys know about this? Uh, heading to the launch party, a reveal tasting, I think. Uh, for Eddie, the Eagles family, it's a family endeavor. His son, Dane, his daughter, uh, is it Reagan or Regan? I don't know. But One of the two. It's yeah. almost my last name, R-E-A-G-H-A-N. Where's the U? <laughs> I'm the U. Did you guys know that difference between bourbon and whiskey? Anybody? I, I've, I've seen this before. It's something about scotch and something else in it. Scotch or, is whiskey. Well, I know, but... It, Something has to be in it. Don't is babble. It, I'll is tell it you. Corn? Yeah, it's, no, it's not corn. Oh my lord. Okay, whiskey is grain mash in wood barrels made all over the map. You can make whiskey anywhere. They make it in Japan now. Bourbon has to be made in charred new oak barrels, and it can only be made in these United States of America. Wow. America. Can I say my one observation on Ed? That man is you don't so need permission. Go ahead. You have so detail oriented. Like I don't know what it takes to make bourbon, but like the way that he went after his pads, after his preparation for games, my guess is the best way that you can make bourbon, Ed Belfort, that's what he's following. When you come back from this, you're going to have to decide who has the best alcohol product. Is it Madonna's 561 beer? Is it Turco's beer? Or is it Belfour's bourbon? That Razor, that's your job. Well, Eddie's is the hardest. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> It'll have the most alcohol content in it. <laughs> Not enough business acumen in today's players, second acts, do you think? Probably not. Do you think we'll see more of it going forward or not as much? Well, the interesting part of the second act now is you don't need one. That's what I mean. Yeah, you've got, you've got 80 but million at the or same 90 time, million. at the same time, they have way more money to float out in different directions if they want to get businessy. Yeah. Right? I, I like the second act within the sport. Uh, and you know, going on and becoming a GM or a president or... Oh my God. That's, the, that's easy, the, I know. Trail. Uh, but I, I do think it's... Like it takes a certain type of player and a certain type of skill. Like what Steve Eiserman has done, I think is is remarkable. And yeah. I was up there in Traverse City, you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, whenever he was trying to get out of the game, and he was scouting as hard as the scouts. Um, so I do think I have an appreciation for players who who really yeah. embrace that side of the game. I will agree with some of that. Like I, I remember when the money was starting to get large, it pales to in comparison to what guys make now but the feeling was none of these guys are going to stay in the game right. like none of them will uh whether it was ron francis or steve eiserman or billy garen or whatever bill yeah. garen uh, like all these guys uh joe sackick you know name them marty broder 
And yet, when you look, all these guys are involved in in management in some capacity, and yep. they've stayed in the game. And it's not easy, and it's not their natural skill. As much as you say hockey, hockey, hockey it's a different type of job. I, I believe that the, it, it, there's no other life like the hockey life, and they can go away from it. It's what they know. It's what they've always known. They're comfortable in it. Maybe they can branch out in little ways in that, but they're always going to gravitate back to it, I think. It's just it's fascinating. I wonder whether the next generation will feel the same way or not. I've seen a couple retired players that I know just recently. They've been opening gyms, which keeps them in that you know fitness mold I and keeps them active. I up. Mm-hmm. Razor's an Orange Theory fitness guy. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this one up for the week. Look at Toast can't wait to get going. <laughs> uh, here's you guys getting dressed up for Halloween. You obviously yes. Tom's a millennial. He's totes. No, Mike. I'm an old man. Last last costume you dressed up in? Wow, I don't even remember. I, I do have one great story. I was Spock in one of those cheap little uh, store bought uniforms. And I wore it for like three days before Halloween. And so then on the day of Halloween, I ran and played in the... Was this in Michigan? Yeah. Was it on the outside of your snowsuit that you wore it? (laughs) It was a nice fall that year. Oh, okay. Uh, Anyway, uh, so I went, I'm probably like nine, run out and played in the leaves and they were just filled with dog poop. And I came in the house. That's a beautiful little just covered. Story. And they, you know, you can't yeah. wash those. No, you can't. So then no, I, that, that was the end of I Spock. Went as, I went as a ghost. There's a true Vulcan <laughs> grip there. Totsi? I played it safe this year. I have a NASA jumpsuit. Pretty basic. Nothing too exciting. No, it's not, is it? <laughs> Best Halloween costume related joke I've ever heard. I'm going as a former gifted child. And the whole costume is just going to be people asking, what are you supposed to be? And me saying, I was supposed to be a lot of things. (laughs) Have a fun, safe, happy, and hopefully fruitful, full of candy, Halloween. Strange in your neighborhood. Who you gonna call?